Yeah, we're rolling. I think I think we should be good. Sweet. I saw the last one. You were like, you had some audio issues or something. So yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a drag because I didn't have these buttons checked, and so I had it recording the whole so, time. So something so small. Yeah, like, and it just didn't like the microphones weren't on. <laughs> And so it was like recording. And so I captured it on here. But when we were talking, it just didn't get in the microphone. Right so how much like how much time do you put into this? Not a lot. Not a lot. No. Yeah. It's basically it's the conversations. And then outside of the conversations, I have like maybe an hour or something. So do you feel like like sometimes do you feel like, oh, man, it's a job or, you know, like you want to do it. You've wanted to do it. No, it's not like that. No. So it's, it's literally you do it you, for fun. I, I do you it for it. the social interaction. I yeah. do it to talk to people that I know in my life or that I have known or that I have some connection to that I want to have like a better conversation. With. Yeah, dude, that's so cool. That's man. it. I'd you love, know, I love it. And I feel like I was thinking about it today. I was like, I really just want to keep this going as long as possible. Like, it doesn't necessarily need to be like big or anything. Like, that's not why I'm doing it. It would be cool. Like, if it got big or whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. But like, if I could do it just as long as possible and and just gradually just get more deeper and more uh important relationships in my life right does that make sense yeah you'll be able to kind of find like what your niche is you know as you go yeah i would would think and then but i was thinking dude like when you first asked me to do this i was like that's so cool um i actually have some equipment like at my house my buddy has some he's like dude, i don't use this anymore would you ever want to use it like bro uh, maybe it'd be just fun to do but i was thinking i was like dude i don't think i've ever sat down like in my whole life with someone and had an extended conversation just speaking like one-on-one for Without. more than like 20 minutes. Think about it, dude. Like yeah. before your podcast, had you, I mean, think about just sitting out and having a one-on-one conversation with somebody. Like I've never had like an extended like road trip maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Something you know? like that. Yeah. And you got some like music going in the background. Yeah. You have something to listen to. Generally there's something else going on. Right. It's or you're on your dynamic. phone buried, you know, the whole time. So I've just, I was like, dude, this might be the first time I've had a sit down extended conversation one-on-one with somebody. That's pretty cool. The only other time I can really relate it to is a campfire. Like if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you're camping or whatever, no cell service, no cell service, then you can just kind of like chill and you can chat. But even then it's like, it's cold a lot of the time. You're like, let's just go to bed. We'll get up in the morning. So it's really not that long. Right. I don't know. Well, and it's kind of like, I mean, you're out there to kind of do it. Things just kind of happen naturally. Like here, we're like, we're here to have a conversation, yeah. you know? So it's just, it's cool, man. I, 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 it's cool to be part of it. So thanks for having me, man. For real. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out. Honestly, you and your family are oddly sentimental to me for whatever reason. <laughs> I love because, it. Dude. Because as long as, as far back as I can remember, like in diapers, I remember your parents across the street I grew up across the street from you guys and I would play, you know, capture the flag or whatever in, in the, uh, in the, the front yard the night games dude. with Bowen. And then I remember when Paige came along and I remember when you came along and Taylor and it was, it was cool, you know, just kind of seeing progression of people's lives. And as I was like looking back on it, I was like, you know, there's just a ton that has happened throughout my life. Um, that has related to the Pearsons in some way. And then like your dad was like our bishop for a while. 
And then my wife, Lorraine's job, dude, that's crazy. Starts working for your cousin. And then, so I went to Ecuador with them a couple of times, the last couple of years. Oh, you, you have to tell me about that. You should do that. You have to tell me about that. I'd love Vess, to. Tell Vess to bring you. That'd be sweet. And it's, it's a cool experience. And so I got what to was it, like a week long. Uh, more or less. Like huh. it, it depends. It's like three days of work, and then usually they stay another couple of days to go and play. Oh, really? Or do something oh, dude, fun. Awesome. Those yeah. trips look cool. They have they do good videos and promos of those too. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's really cool. It's very rewarding because you get to do work right alongside the people who live there. Right. And so you're like doing concrete. You're like putting up roofs. You're. Well, they do build a school. One of the years they're or like, help renovate. Like repair. Mm. Yeah. Well, Vess has done a lot more than since I've gone, but I know that they have done a ton. Hmm. Like they built a road one year or a couple of years. Like, is it going to the same place? More or less. It's okay, different. Same schools. area. Okay. Same yeah. area though. Same area. Crack this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I got to meet like your uncle and Drew and, you know, saw these people like the Lorenz really good, uh, Good friends with Drew at this point. Yeah, no, that's, that, that was that was a crazy tie too because I think if initially someone was like, "Hey, do you know like Sean Watkins? His wife starting to, his the new assistant for Vest." And I was like, "No way, dude!" So yeah. just, like, there was always some type of tie. Like BY, I was at BYU, dude. Yeah, Sean was the man. He was Cosmo, dude. It, well, you know, <laughs> Cosmo's the face of BYU that's not right really now. The man. I don't know. I loved I loved doing it. I loved doing Cosmo. Cosmo was a blast. So let's dive right into it. We just got to dive into Cosmo combo right now. We're taking okay. a side tangent. So I'm going to be honest up front. I was not like the best Cosmo. Like I, <laughs> I, I just was not. What, what does like, that mean? The flips were, weren't quite as crisp? No, no. Well, I did, I did the flips, right? So I did acrobatics. So you have different guys. Right, for, right, in, right. For different. So how many? Like how many when in I the did rotation? It, six. six. Wow. Six guys. So three of them would do a football game. Oh, no like, way. The same game. Yeah. It's not one oh, guy. Geez. Because like the, the level of, the level of, uh, energy that you have to maintain and just you going up because you have like a pregame thing and then you have first quarter, second, you Big know, all the way through and then you whatever. have, and then you have post game. And so it's like a, it's a long endeavor. Like you're talking <laughs> at least like six hours, you know? And so it's like, you, you might, you might split it up in like two hour increments. Right. But like, then I would do like soccer and I would do, you know, gymnastics and volleyball and, you know, so there's a bunch of different sports too that you do basketball. Well, and he's at every, you know, event, public yeah. event or whatever showing. And then depending on what you need, you have a different guy do it. So I, I can't dance. Like, I'm not a dancer. I don't know how to dance. Bro, I was wondering if that and was you on some of those no, hip-hop dances, no, man. I, I, no, I don't dance, right? Uh, and so and so a buddy of mine actually served a mission with a guy who did it with me. Yeah. And he was our dancer. So, like, that guy that guy had hips. that He could he could uh, dance with the, the cougarettes totally fine. Right. Like, no, no and problems. And those are, like, the viral videos right now. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where it started is with him. So it wasn't quite viral when I was doing it. Like it, it, it I think it hit, started getting viral like 2015, mm -hmm. maybe. Okay. I graduated 2012. Okay. And so, I mean, it was cool. And like, we just started like the dunk team, like just as I was graduating, we're like, yeah, we should do a dunk team, you know? So, uh, I mean, like what's the initial 
how do you, is there a tryout? Is there a Cosmo? Oh, really? So then you're just like, I'm signing up for this. Yeah. So how it went is, is there a Cosmo combine? That's the better, that's the better question. The (laughs) bench press, see what you guys can post. So I, uh, I wish though, that'd be cool. Um, I actually met, I met the gorilla for the Phoenix Suns. Um, and this guy, I think his name is Devin or something like that. I can't remember his name, but he used to be Cosmo. And I was just asking him all about, you know, being a mascot. I was like, that seems pretty cool. And, you know, I was a freshman at BYU and I was like, Cosmo seems legit. Like, seems like something I'd I'd like to do. So he gave me the the name of the guy who is kind of over the whole program Uh for Cosmo. So I went and talked to that guy. And then he allowed me to come and just practice with them. And at this point, I didn't know really how to do anything. Right. And so I wasn't a break dancer. I wasn't really a gymnast. You know, I was fairly athletic. You know, I can kind of pick up on things, but I didn't, I wasn't good at anything. I didn't know how to dance. And so he let me practice with them for like a year. And then the next year he's like, Hey, listen, uh, I shouldn't have let you practice with us. That wasn't like something you weren't, you know, you didn't sign any forms, you know, could have totally gotten into a liability risk. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to join the cheer team. And so I joined the cheer team. I like got all the liability out of the way. So then I could go practice with them again. So I practiced with them for like a total of two years. And, uh, and so just to pause you, like, what's that look like? What's the schedule? I mean, do you have a specific trainer? For yeah, no. That yeah. Team? Well, yeah, we, we definitely met with Is the it trainer. Like a daily, are, are you with all the other guys there then too? Well, we practice like twice a week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, like I would go and practice different types of moves. So like I was, I was trying to do some various breakdance moves and just some aerial acrobatics and stuff like that. That's crazy. And I would get some of these guys. So one of the guys that I used to practice with, he's a stunt man at this point. He does for movies. Yeah. Oh wow. So he's a stunt man. He's, he's really good. Like he, he does a lot of really cool stuff. And so he took me aside and he was kind of helping me learn some of this stuff and corkscrews and things like that. So I actually got like some things down. Like I got my corkscrew down. I got, you know, some various things so that I could actually be entertaining. You know, right. that's like the hardest part. And then the next level of doing it in full yeah. fur costume, right? I mean. Yeah, because you can't see anything. You can't see. No, it's like you're kind of doing it blind. And so you're, you're looking through, like, if you hold, like, your hands, like, that's about how much you see. Yeah. And so I'd run over kids all the time, right? And, like, if they're, like, if I can't see somebody. You and just they're just kinda, swarming you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you're, you're hot. It's really hot. You're really sweaty in there. Well, I didn't know they had a whole, like, a, swim like a, a group that were in the same game. I assumed like that was the Cosmo for the game or the Cosmo for the day. You know what I mean? Uh, it depends on the game, but for a football game, it's just too long. Yeah, that's too much. crazy. Man, that's awesome. Too but you enjoyed it. I did. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got to do a lot of cool stuff. You got to go to all the games. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't get paid for it. It's not like it was like a profitable gig for me. It was just right. like a really cool experience. Right. Yeah. Oh, to be able to do cool. that. And then, so yeah, then they held tryouts and so they see what you can do. Okay. Just throw a flip, you know, or do, do a trick, do something. Right. And so you have different things. So you have like, okay, I'm going to throw in a song. You're going to dance to it, you know, type thing. So they just like just see on the how spot. you, yeah. How you interact in whatever random scenario. Right. And so, you know, they would, they would put you through that stuff. And then, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, well, if you like, can, I mean, you see some of the feeds like, dude, there are, there are athletes who are, who are doing so this. Like you've seen the recent, like what's crazy is that we couldn't do a lot of the stuff that they do now. Like, yeah. We, we actually tried to get permission. Oh and, really? And what happened was, I think, I think this is what happened is some of the videos started going viral like the dance videos and stuff. And Cosmo started blowing up on social media and getting a much bigger presence. And then I think some of the administrators are like loosening Here the leash a little bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, okay, okay, we'll let you do this other thing because they know like the bigger Cosmo gets is just better for the school yeah. and the brand. And you Dude, know, Cosmo everything. has his own page. I checked out the other day. Yeah. Know, who's booming on social media. Yeah. But I mean, you see like the, the reason like doing the pushups on the table or like yeah. the fire stuff. I'm like, bro, like that's an athlete who's, performing these stunts yeah. out there, you know, yeah, like for sure. training athletes. So, I mean, it's just, I've always been interested the, about that. The dude who did the original viral video, that was, uh, I think you've seen him probably on social media. He actually came out with a book, like the guy behind the mask or something like oh, that. Oh, no way. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Is he, that the dance one with the cougarettes? Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Like the, the original, the original one. I think I know which one you're talking that, about. That, that blew up I, I think I was media. playing at that time actually. I think it was that probably. one of the games I was Probably. I, I think was it was just playing. a couple of years after I graduated. Yeah, so then I would have been there because I was there, let's see, 13, <clears throat> 14, 15, 16. Yeah. So. Yeah, you would have been there. Huh. So, yeah, the that guy, Lorenz, she met in the MTC. So they know each other from the MTC. Hmm. And so he's like this, he's a dancer, you know. Um, he's one of the guys who's like, I'm going to stay in the church, but I'm also gay at the same time, you know. Right. It's like those, you know, it's, that's really well, hard. He's been, he's, he's recently come out and had a couple publicity. Yeah. I think he had an article come out just recently about yeah. it, you know, him coping with his sexuality and being involved in BYU and that's stuff. That's really, so. that's really like a tough spot for someone to Dude, be in. Tough spot. I don't know how. How uncomfortable would you feel all the time? You know, I mean, do they yeah, feel I welcome? I hope they feel welcome. Do they feel, you know. Well, shunned? there's a difference between feeling welcome and being able to, I guess, live authentically, you know? Right. Because if you think about it, it's like religion, it's one of two things. It's either something that you kind of do just out of habit, you know, and this was, my parents did this, I'm going to do this. this. It's not really something you subscribe to. It's just, just kind of like on the this side. way is what yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. So that's either religion or religion is like something that you are fully like, I am 100% in on this. Right. 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 And usually, I'm not going to say all the time, because I think there are those kind of habitual members of the church, but I think usually members of the church are in the church at this point because they want to be. And it, it becomes a portion of your identity. And so when someone is dealing with, like I've had a few people on my podcast, I'm not sure if you've heard yeah, any of the episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who are gay and they've come out as gay. And I haven't met anybody yet who's been able to do both. You know, like yeah. st- keep going to church, do the church thing, and also feel like they are um, living their best life authentically as a homosexual person. Right. So I don't know. That's really hard. And so I don't know what he's doing right now. And I don't know if he's trying to do that, but that's a very difficult thing. Very difficult thing to do. Especially, I mean, you know how, you know, it is in in Utah County and definitely at BYU. It's, 
everything's really church centered. Even the core cl- classes you have to take is, you know, faith based. And so, yeah, no, it's a tough place to be in, man. And, and it's a, it's kind of a tricky line to walk on both sides. I think How was your, how was your experience at BYU? Did you enjoy man, it? Yeah, I did. So, I mean, um, Paige did not, right? Paige I remember, did not. I Paige had a semester there. or maybe, I don't even know. I think it was just a semester. I don't even think she made it a year. I, I might be wrong on that, but had a, just an awful experience. But part of the problem that she did is that she didn't live, um, in the dorms initially. So she was kind of off the scene, but she was brand new. So she didn't know anybody. I don't know if you lived in the dorms right off the bat, but there's a ton of things they do. As I far never as lived like, in the dorms. Did you never? Mm-mm. The football, kind of the football program deal is like, as you're a freshman, you're required to live in the dorms on campus uh, for your first year. And so they do a lot of things as far as like freshman initiation. It's just literally introducing you to everybody who you live with, everyone who's kind of the same year as you. Yeah. And a lot of that, like we formed who we hung out with and our friends just from those activities they had. So I think she missed out on crucial opportunities to, uh, yeah. to meet those people who she was going to kind of hang with, you know, throughout her time there. Now she lived with Vess's sister, Danny. Okay. Um, and so that was part of the reason she wanted to come down and she wanted to live with, with her cousin and stuff. But Danny at the time was going to UVU, so a different school. Um, um, different schedules and stuff. So I felt like, I think she just was, uh, was isolated a little too much to being in the dorms, being in the involved, you know, more. That makes sense. And, and Paige is one who is, is, she, I don't know if she's ever got a B in her life. So she's always been straight A's and, and, and that deal. And so when you go to BYU and obviously you went there, I mean, you know how some of the academic stuff is there. And so that's yeah, tough. You get a B on a test. You've never had that is, is pretty, I had a, you know, I had a professor tell me, he's just like, listen, like if you get an A in my class, that's fine. But realize you've probably sacrificed a large chunk of your life to do that. <laughs> right. And it probably won't be worth it for most of you. That's crazy. You know? And that's how, I mean, I remember just from my experience though, but going off of that. So, so Paige didn't have a great experience there. And, and it's for some people, it's, it's not for some people. And so she left, um, yeah. I think after that first year, but for me, I actually was really close and we can kind of get into my, my story more. I don't know how, how long you want to have this rock for, but, um, I was very close to going to Boise state and this was just for football stuff. So at the point or at the time I actually had a place already lined up in Boise and I was going to go there and I was pretty set on it. And very late into like my football recruitment process, I got a phone call from Bronco Mendenhall and he's like, Hey, you know, we're late to the game. I understand that. I just watched your film personally. We want you to be in the program and we don't have a scholarship for you this year, but if you can come and perform, we can try to get you one next year. And so I don't know at the time of my life and, and when I was a senior in high school is when actually the church made the change of the LDS mission being from the age of 19 to 18. Okay. And so that's when I was a senior and it really caught me off guard, you know, cause I always in the back of my mind was like, yeah, I'm going to go on a mission. I'm planning on it. So when that hit my senior year, I just wasn't mentally, it hit me way off guard. Right. So I'm like, wow. So now I can go like immediately in a few months. And so, um, I, at one point did start my papers to do a mission but then the football opportunity came and then I, I made the decision. Ultimately, I'm going to try to ride the football train and it worked out for me and I had a great experience, but no, I was real close to going to Boise state. Something clicked, man. And, and I actually don't know what it, what it was that call from Bronco. And then something just, it was probably one of the hardest decisions I've had. And I've always struggled with big, like that's a life changing decision, right? I mean, I went to BYU. I met my wife there. We now have yeah. our three boys. And so something that I was so close to choosing something different, like, put me on a completely different path. Right. And so I remember thinking, and I just, you know, the process like, Hey, you have a big decision. I mean, like, what would you do if you have a big decision? You know, I'm going, I'm I'm praying, I'm, you know, trying to look for any kind of guidance. I'm asking my dad and, and the people I love and trust like, Hey, what do you think I should do here? 
but you know, ultimately like no one's going to tell you what to do. You almost want people to, you know, you almost want someone to be like, Hey, you need to do the, do it this way. And it's easier that way. It's easier that way. Yeah. And you know, when I'm just a young, dumb high school kid and have no idea, um, ultimately I think, you know, for whatever reason, I felt inclined to go to BYU. And so I decided to go there and take the walk on path and, and it was an awesome journey. That's awesome. That's great. Was the team pretty close? Did, did you have a lot of friends like on the team or is it more just kind of like you had a few guys that you hung out with? You but. know, I, I, yes, but I want to say that like, as I grew older in the program, like I want to say my senior year was probably the closest I think we ever were. Um, and I don't know when I came in as a freshman, again, what, what I touched on earlier was that, um, we're required to live in the dorms. And so I'm put in with another football player who's a freshman at that time. And okay. so ultimately, and actually a lot of them are still successful playing the NFL. So it's really cool to watch those guys and see their journey and how they're having success. Um, one of them, um, I don't know how close you're following BYU football, but Michael Davis. Yeah. I remember living with him as a freshman and he was just a kid from a single mom from LA and really had nothing and just a crazy athlete. And you know, I roomed with him. We were, we were freshmen together and we were just both on this journey. I'll have to show you a video on my Instagram after when we're, we just look like young babies as freshmen, but we're playing on the, I don't know if you know what Helaman Halls is. It's yep. the, it's the, there's a basketball court out there and I'm throwing lobs to this kid and he's just slam dunking. I'm just like, dude, this kid's crazy. Anyways. Um, sure enough, I brought him to Idaho a couple times, you know, just as my friend and he loved the Idaho mashed potatoes. He'd always say, dude, can your mom cook us some mashed potatoes? You know, he's from LA and, yeah. and, uh, anyway, so he's with the chargers. Now he's he plays corner. He's made an amazing career. He's able to, you know, he's really, I'm assuming elevated his mother's yeah. life back in as a single mother in LA. And so that's just one example of who I met there, but also another who I lived with, with like for four years, there's Kai Nakua, who obviously his little brother's having a tear in the NFL right now. And Puka Nakua who played at BYU as well. Um, but some of these guys are lifelong friends. And a lot of that, as you've probably experienced is it's almost like a brotherhood born in battle, you know, people who you suffer with every day and you're in the weight room with every day, like just a bond beyond like what you could forge just through a normal yeah. friendship. You, you know? know, I, I think the best friendships just on that point, the best friendships come out of the hardest of times. Like the harder you work together alongside someone else, the closer the bond you have. Agree. I mean, think about your marriage, right? I yeah. mean, that's probably a prime example. Oh I mean, yeah. The good and the bad, but I, there's something special about going to battle every day. I mean, we're talking winter workouts, 5 a.m. in the snow in Provo. The dudes mm -hmm. who are doing that alongside you, like something about that, it helps form just a relationship or bond that you can't get any other way. You also just, you have a respect. A respect, for him, mutual right? respect, 100%. And suddenly, you know, I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day. Suddenly it makes no difference what your opinions are or what your hobbies are outside of that thing or, you know, whatever. Like you could be completely 180 degrees different people, but if you went through that experience together, you always have you come out on the other connection. side. Yeah, exactly. No, that's very well said. I just remember, I mean, distinctly, like uh, in the winter, and we had that big indoor facility there. But in the winter, it was something about we had to be out in the snow, you know. And so I remember just doing planks and shoveling, and you know, moving snow with my hands off the turf of our practice field, just to have a spot yeah. to put my elbows on planks and stuff. And I remember just looking over and seeing these guys. These guys are doing it. They're not coming down. I ain't coming down. You know that type of thing. And so that's that's really one of the major things I miss about playing football is that aspect of of like how often like and people even listening to this like seriously ask yourself like how often to this day do you push yourself to the actual like to your limit 
I, I bet some people can, would say I never have, you know, what, what was it? I heard the other day is like after 30 or something like that. 99% of people will never sprint again. Dude, that's, that's crazy. You know, but think about it. Why? I mean, like, why would you full on like, <laughs> you have some just, emergency situation. After I heard that, I just like, I'm going to go out and sprint as fast. Like, <laughs> you know, but think like, about like, you're not going for like a 75% jog. Think about like running as fast as, as your body can take as you. you possibly can, you know? Yeah. And, and it's such a good point. And, and I actually miss a lot of that because a lot of my training right now, not even training, just working out is just weight lifting, but yeah. I miss my, it's going to sound crazy to some people, but like I miss it pushing my pushing that sled until I am phys- I'm puking on the side. Right. Like there's something about that, that like I will never get that again or have that again, unless, you know, I have the willpower to be like, Hey, I'm going to go push sleds really for no reason. But at that point it was to be great at a, at a sport. Yeah. You know, so it, it's going to sound crazy, but I do miss that. I miss pushing myself to no, the, it doesn't li- sound to the crazy. limit, you it, know, it, it doesn't sound crazy because it's, unless you go through it, you don't know why that's a good thing. Right. You know? Yeah. Like once you, once you experience it and I'm sure there's people out there who like they do it and then they're like, I'm not, I never want to do that again, which is fine. That's a good feeling to have because who wants to puke, you know, from exhaustion. (laughs) Right. Nobody actually wants that, but it's the feeling that comes from doing something like that. It's like a pride. And, you know, it's not like a, I'm better than you pride. It's just like, I, I accomplished something. I built myself, you know, to be a better version of myself. Yeah. And then it's like, I mean, you hear it all the time, but it's like, if I, if I can do that. And then the hard part about that is like, you can, anyone can get through something I think one time, or they can do 10 minutes of something crazy, yeah. but like then knowing the next day at four thirty your alarms going off and you're doing the exact same thing. That's what, that's what gets people, you know, and that's what was really hard is, is you finish, you know, you have that small sense of like accomplishment and then, Hey, your alarms went off the next day. We're starting over, you know? So eventually you just have to callous the mind as much as you do the body. And so that's something that I miss, you know, and, and we all had the common goal of doing that together. And so that's, I mean, I don't know if I could ever like doing that solo. I, I don't even think would be possible, especially for me. But like, if you, I have my teammates there doing it alongside me, it's just a whole different aspect. How you know? did the transition look for you from college to NFL? Yeah. Um, so man, I was lucky enough to, to go to the next level. And one big thing that I will say right off the bat was that I was lucky, I think at first to have, I mean, my roommate in green Bay was Taysom Hill, who I had at BYU with me and one of my good friends, you know, yeah. so to have him there, um, not only for the football stuff, but for off the field stuff was, was awesome for me. Um, the biggest thing I would say, um, coming out of high school, um, to college, I kind of felt, I had a huge chip on my shoulder cause I felt robbed. You know, I felt like I, I had done well enough in high school and I felt like I was a good enough player. I should have had offers and different opportunities to go almost wherever I wanted. And so when I had to take the walk on route, the difference was that I never felt that I didn't belong. Like, I just was like, I know I belong, but I just have to show these people. And for me, I was like in the back, I never had a doubt with myself in my mind. Now going from college football to the NFL, the next level was when the, like the imposter syndrome mm. weighed in on me heavy. And and I never had experienced that to that way before, but I just remember I was on such a mental roller coaster. Like, and if you see these athletes who are at the top of their game, they're like, they're steady, man. They're a steady line. Like something amazing happens. They can, they're able to stay level. Something terrible happens. They're able to stay level. I just remember like, after every practice, like I have one dropped ball in a practice. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm getting released. I'm done, man. They're getting, you know, and then the other day I'll catch a touchdown in practice. I'm like, dude, I can do this. I'm, I'm right here. So I just was always on this roller coaster of, of, of mental, you know, 
challenges that had me going between like day to day. And I just, I realized in the moment, I was like, dude, I know this is like a small factor of imposter syndrome. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in meetings with Devonte Adams, who's a future hall of fame wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers is in the quarterback room. And so, it, I mean, I think it's really hard not to have that, especially as an undrafted free agent, you know, who's just yeah. trying to make his way. And so I'd say that was the biggest difference was that do you think that the mental roller coaster that you described, do you think that affected your uh, performance? 100%. 100%. I think I was able to recognize it, though, because I had heard of imposter syndrome and I I knew what was kind of going on while it was happening. Yeah. And I was, and then I just would kind of rely on my, I was always, I mean, I was the walk-on guy. I was the undrafted free agent. So I'd rely on my, like, dude, I've always been the underdog. Like I'm, you're comfortable here. You can do this. Just prove to the world, you know? And so sure. I became comfortable in that position. Um, but I think it did. But I realized it pretty early and I was like, dude, you can't, I mean, you can't, this is a long game that you're in here for, you mm-hmm. know, you can't have the day-to-day swings like that. You just got to give it all this day, move on, learn what you can move to the next day. Um, I think one thing too, that would be important to mention was that one thing that came to mind is at BYU, we did have, um, uh, like a mental coach. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Manning. Yeah. I read his book. Have you the fearless mm-hmm. mind? Yeah. Yeah. So he, we would have meetings with him every so often in our football team room and stuff. And he'd give us these type of journal deals. And one thing that, that he guy's would do, legit. He's legit. <laughs> yeah. He's legit. And he, um, he'd give us these journal things. You probably, I bet he has the layout in his book. I can't remember, but, um, essentially it'd be like after every practice you would put, I think one or two things you did wrong, but then like you have to triple it for the things you did well. You know what I mean? So like five or six things that you did well, one or two things that you did wrong. So it was always a positive thing was his idea. Right. And then before practice, you'd always have the same idea. What am I going to do better today at this practice? And, um, then he'd make us review and then we'd actually, you know, kind of show him or, or meet with him personally and then show him what our journals looked like. And then he'd help us coach us that way, which was, which was kind of cool. Did you keep doing that afterwards? Um, not consistently, man. I, I really, and almost when I was, when I was at BYU, not really at all. But I never really felt like I needed, like, I felt like I was in a good headspace and I probably just being arrogant, I always could have done better that way too. But really when I got to the NFL and realized like, dude, I'm experiencing some of the things that Dr. Manning was teaching us at BYU. So now I can go back and be like, you know, yeah, reset myself there. What's really cool about you experiencing that is it's a time when you were actually uncomfortable because I'm just... The way that you described it, where it's like, I never felt like I was out of place until I got to this place where I felt like I was out of place, right? Like if nobody, because you're talented, you're athletic, you know, you, you have a lot of those abilities that people would want, you know, and I think that can take you a long, a long ways in life, but until you reach a point of I don't want to say just uh, somewhere that's over your head a little bit. Right. You don't know. There's a lot you don't know about yourself. Exactly. And so it's like by reaching that point, by getting there, I feel like you learned a ton about how you actually uh, can function within a very uncomfortable situation. And I, I mean, like it was a game I had played for, I think it was 20 years. I ended up playing the game of football. So it was really all I know. But then, you know, when it comes down to the fundamentals of it, like the, the game's the same. I'm like, bro, you've been playing yeah. this game since you were seven, six, seven years old, dude, you belong here. You know, you wouldn't have been signed here if you didn't belong. And so one thing that's, um, and it was actually recommended to me. And I, I was trying to think about who this was. Cause I figured we'd talk about some of this stuff. I can't remember who it was, but, um, 
if ever you start to have like personal doubts and really one thing I would do, and I'd actually started to do this every pregame, I'd pull up my highlight video of myself, you know, and, and not to sound, I don't, I mean, not to sound arrogant or anything like that. It literally was just to put me in a mindset of like, of comp, build my confidence yeah. really. And, and what actually can the, you do? what can I do? And this, yeah. I knew watching, I'm like, I'm capable of this, you know, I'm able to do this and I've done it before. And so, um, I, I know I'm able to do it now. The number one mental, um, attribute that affects performance. You know what that is? No, there's an actual study. The number one mental attribute that actually affects performance. Like this is Dr. Manning work is confidence. Oh, that makes sense. So the level of confidence actually affects your performance. And so, I mean, I don't know, you've probably been in situations, pressure situations, not necessarily athletically, but like, if you have a lack of like self-confidence, like good luck, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's always said too, if, I mean, if you don't believe it, no one else will, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely right. Uh, It's like Henry Ford, right? Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think that's true in athletics. I also think it's true in uh, dating relationships, right? Like, and I also think it's true in business. You know, there's a huge part of business. You look at Vess, right? Right. I don't think Vess has ever doubted whether he could build a, a company. You know, that guy's supremely confident right. in his abilities. Right. If he wasn't, Aptive would not be where it's at today. Not not anywhere close. And like, and I hate to, I mean, I'm just so, I, I hate to always bring up the sports, but I mean, look at the best of the best in whatever sport they're in. Look yeah. at their mentality. Look yeah. at the way they speak about, uh, you know, themselves or, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence, but I think you need to be <laughs> pretty close to that line in order to be the best of what you do. Yeah. You know. And I mean, that doesn't mean not be humble and don't be respectful and, and, and all those things that a, a decent human needs to be, but also you need to have, you know, that I'm the best mentality. Well, there's know? a difference, um, between I'm the best at my individual sport or what I'm doing in the moment. And I'm better than you at everything, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> there's a huge difference. Definitely. Right? You right. know, it's, it's when, it's when the athlete gets it mixed up where, you know, he takes it off the field. Exactly. But I think, and then I would also say that I think that you, I mean, you definitely have to earn that. Like you have to earn to feel that way with all the reps that you've put in at practice with the success you get on the game field or court or whatever you earn, you earn that. And then you can feed off that and, and, you know, keep rolling. And how many, how many people, I mean, there's a ton of people I've run into who have that mentality in whatever thing that they're doing. You know, sports is, is an easy analogy, but like I said, business, you know, you, you ever talked to Ryan Smith? I know. I haven't. I haven't. Not personally. That, that, that guy is like, you can't meet somebody who thinks that they're better at what they do than him. Right. You know, he just, he believes he's the best at what he does. Right. He may be, he may not be, but the fact is that he's got to where he is by doing something really well, you know? Right. And, uh, it, it, it follows you. And so you have to have that mentality. If you ever want to be at a high level in whatever it is, like you have to have that mentality. You do. You yeah. do. And, uh, you know, like I said, is it doesn't, it doesn't just show up for people and no. you can't just have that, you know, it's earned, it's earned, you know, and then people actually begin to look up and respect and realize, yeah, you know what? He, he's the best at that, you know? So how can I, I mean, kind of a tangent to go off of that. Um, I think it's so important. And, and when I finally, from, from college to the NFL, when I finally saw my game, like my self game improving so much, 
it's, it's exactly who you surround yourself with. And so I sat, I sat next to a receiver in Green Bay named Randall Cobb. And I played mm-hmm. the same position as him. So I sat next to him in meeting rooms. And so I'd go, I mean, I watched all of him, his film. I watched how he did things and out at practices. Who am I running routes with? I'm right next to him running routes with Randall Cobb. So how am I, you know, in the moment I was like, dude, this is awesome. Like if I am running routes with Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, all these guys, receivers for the, for the Packers back when I was playing, I'm bound to improve my game, right? Like I've never seen or, or, or focused on the techniques like this. And so to me, that was just gold, you know, and I yeah. just was, you know, putting tools in, in, in my toolbox of how I, you know, could play the game. And so very important, like to see those guys, see their examples, how are they successful? What do they do good? What do they struggle with? How can I implement that into the way I move? How can I implement that into the way I play? And uh, I think that's how the best players form who they are. Mm. So how long were you with the Packers? Two, two years. And then I actually got hurt. I had a couple injuries there. So I, I was with them. Let's see. It would have been what, 2017 and then mm-hmm. part of 2018. And then I got hurt and I went to the Atlanta Falcons for 2018. I got hurt in a preseason game against the Chiefs. I hurt my shoulder pretty bad. And then I had to come back and I played. Did you have to get surgery? You know, on, I did at BYU on this shoulder, on this shoulder, I, I hurt in um, the NFL. I, I chose not to. Mm. It was one of those things that I could have. The doctor told me, uh, Hey, you could probably rehab this. I'd maybe start trying to rehab it, see how it goes and, and go from there. So I did, and things progressed really well for me, luckily there. So anyways, I came back and I actually had to, I had like three or four marks and kind of how it works in the NFL just to explain is I was an undrafted free agent. So injuries are like your worst enemy. Yeah. You know, if you're not available, you have no, no chance of making a team or, or, or that. So I had three kind of, I had three kind of strikes against me. So any scouting report or whatever, as I was talking to my agent, they're like, Hey, we have six, seven teams that want to work you out. But I mean, you're, you have three red flags of injury. So I become a liability. So it, each injury is a strike. Almost, I mean, I wouldn't say they have an actual strike system, but it was, I mean, it comes up on my report sure, for sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, for example, when I got hurt in the preseason with the Falcons, I, I had an injury settlement where they have to pay me for X amount of weeks. Um, even though I'm not providing them a service or anything, I was actually at home watching the game yeah. from the couch and I receive a game check the next day and I'm, I'm at home. Right. And so I become a liability. And so, um, I knew it was going to be a hard journey back just with the injuries that, that I had. So I played in the XFL, was playing really well. And, and you know, speaking with my agent, he was really confident in me getting a chance back in the league. Um, and so, unfortunately, COVID ended our season halfway through and when they, it, COVID shut us down. Is the XFL still It is now. now. It shut down for a little bit and it just yeah. revamped this last year. Okay. Dwayne Johnson now is running the show. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah, cool league, and I had a lot of fun playing in that league. And our home stadium was the Giants and uh, Jets Stadium, MetLife in New York. Yeah. is the team I played for. Um, it was really fun, and I was playing well. I was, com- I finally had regained my confidence to a level where I was like, I can play. I know I, I belong back in the NFL. And so, um, unfortunately, with the COVID, it really put a hindrance because even after COVID shut our season down, the NFL wasn't allowed, or they wouldn't, they couldn't fly any free agents in for workouts to sign them because of the COVID stuff. That's crazy. So I had about another five teams who wanted to bring me in on workouts. I was on what's called their short list of, of coming in, but it was until COVID restrictions are lifted where we cannot fly anyone in because I mean, if anyone on our team gets COVID, we can't play that week. And, and so 
anyways, it, it was a COVID was a big mess for for my football career, but you know things ended up uh, working out for me outside of football, and so we're we're happy, and it's been yeah. it's been good. Well, you know, it was what was it Frankel Victor Frankel who said you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. I I believe that wholeheartedly. I think it's really important. Um, yeah, I tend to feel like, and maybe I tend to feel like everything happens for a reason. Yeah, whether I understand it now or not. And, I mean, I definitely was was frustrated. I didn't understand why things and the timings happened like they did. But you know, I I truly believe everything happens for a reason, and everything has worked out for me. Well, so here's the thing: you have a beautiful life. That, exactly. You know? Exactly. Like your 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 wife, your kids, um, your entire family like we were just talking about wonderful people and so it's i mean yeah it would have been cool to to see a play more in the nfl but you know doesn't matter well and that was what was tough is that i was i was right there you know where i could taste it and i was so close and and obviously i'd been the childhood dream of mine and and, i mean my experience is there man i I got I got to play in a couple games and and I literally lived the dream and the, the memories I made there I'll, I'll never forget. But and what an experience! What an experience! Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, we go and we have this podcast roll till the sun comes up on different stories and things that yeah. were awesome. But no, I, I I'm I'm actually really interested though in in a few other things. Um, I was at the game when you proposed to your wife. Oh no way! Yeah, I I, <laughs> I was there. I. Was, did people rush the field at that yeah, point? Yeah, they stormed yeah. the field, which yeah, was not. I was on the field. I was like, why was I on the field? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> they stormed the field. And I yeah, remember yeah. you, were you up on a, like a platform? I went onto a Yeah, uh, you yep. were on a platform. I was yep. like, I, I had to have been no more than 20 feet away. Dude, you're probably in the picture. There's like a, there's I was, a picture. I have like all the people on the field looking yeah. up as oh, I'm, I'm doing it, dude. Yeah, it was crazy. I'm, I'm sure I'm in that it That was somewhere. definitely not planned, you know. Um, but yeah, I... I was definitely there and I saw you propose to your wife. I'm like, that's awesome. No, dude, that's it really was, cool. I, it was cool. It, it was funny is I had the ring given to our trainer who's on the sideline. And I was like, look, if we win the game, it's going down. But if we lose, I'm going to, I'm going to come up with a different plan, you yeah, know, just cause sure. uh, you know, and we just so happened to win a thriller and like double overtime. All amazing. the fans are storming the field. And so my play kind of was like, I was acting like I was injured. So I was on the, I was on the injury table. And I had the trainer looking at me because he had my ring. So I was like, just slip me the ring. I'm acting like I'm injured. And then they can tell my family at that point, come check on him or whatever. So that's how I was able to get her to come down. So she thought I, I was hurt. And then yeah. I just pop up and, and do that. So it was it was actually really cool. And the way it worked out with the fans who stormed, it actually ended up being pretty cool. How'd you end up, how'd you end up uh, deciding you wanted to marry Mallory. Yeah, good question. We I met her actually my freshman year there. She she went there to play volleyball. Yeah. And there's um there's just a, a student athlete building where a lot of study hall happens and so just kind of social uh throughout mutual friends we met, you know, in that building. I'd seen her a few times and started dating kind of my freshman year. So we dated for a long time. Um Ultimately, it was it was it's a tough decision, especially because I felt like I was still so young. I mean, I think I finished playing football when I was 21. Um, so I came and did four years straight and, and was done. Um, I had dated her. I knew that she was probably the one. I felt like I might be too young. I don't know if I'm ready for marriage, this and that. And you know how it is. I don't know if you ever feel I don't know if you ever would feel completely ready. You know, you no. kind of just have to dive in. And so I was actually about to finish up because um, that was my senior season. 
I was about to finish up my football career and I was hoping and hopeful to get a chance to play somewhere, but I knew I'd be leaving Utah. You know, I knew I'd be somewhere um, different in the United States. And so at that point, it really came to crunch time for me personally, where I was like, Hey, is she really the one? And if so, you need to, you need to rock and roll now and, and not wait because if you, if your football career does go and you leave, who knows what's going to happen, you know? Um, so that was a major factor in it. Um, but I mean, she, if it comes down to like checkbox, you know, check mark the boxes, she, she marked the boxes for me. Bit so. of a leap of faith. I know? think so. But from my experience, like what I was telling you, my decision to where I wanted to play college football and stuff, like it always kind of is, you know, what I've kind of learned, at least in my own journey is that you're never going to have like, at least for me, I never am I'm like, I know this is the way I got to go and I'm going to do it. It was always like, Hey, I feel good about this. I'm, I'm going for it, you yeah. know, and that's what I've learned. And maybe that's by design. I think it is. And, uh, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been, it's been awesome. Well, you, you, I mean, you figured that out a lot longer or faster than I did. I mean, I didn't get married till I was like <laughs> 34 or something. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of factors. Are you, are you planning on more children? Uh, I think so. Um, we'll see. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's, I would like more, um, but we're not, we're not stopping it, I guess I should say. Yeah. It's just like one of those things where it's has to, has to happen. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? Cause I don't know. What are you doing currently for work? Right now? Yeah. So a couple things. I run a software company um, part-time. Okay. And so I am actually going through, this was, this was a tough thing. We were doing loans for employee stock purchase plans. Okay. And we we're offering people the opportunity to participate in those plans without taking a payroll deduction. Because normally when you work at a public company, you can buy their stock for a discount. So say you get 100 uh, shares worth $100, you could buy it for 85. Okay. So we would go ahead and pay the $85. And then when they would get their stock back, their share back, it would be worth $100. Once they sell your share, we'll take back 87 or 88, you know, and you keep the rest. And so it's basically free money in their pocket. The problem is, is with uh, SVB going under, they were our backers. Um, for the loans. Mm. And so they, they kind of went under that, that didn't happen anymore. And then interest rates went Crazy. way up, you know, down from, you know, we had like a sub 2% interest rate and now it's like seven. Yeah, right. And right. so it was just kind of like squeezing our margins and everything. I'm like, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't going to work. And also the biggest thing, and we could have worked that out, but the biggest thing was, companies actually didn't want that. Like the people wanted it, the employees wanted it, but the management did not they offer that yeah. because the more people that participated in those plans, the more it cost the company. And so we're like, okay, well they don't want a hundred percent of their employees to participate. Like we, we would have, you know, given them more than probably what they wanted. So I decided to scrap that go back to just doing software so we have a whole software platform built out awesome and right now we're going through a security certification for it so that we can put it into companies and they can put all their data into it without them risking or having a fear of losing that data is it like a customer management type of it's a it's a uh, productivity type of tool 
uh, it's, it's more of an efficiency tool around Sweet. the plans. Cool. So like the ESPP, we automate a lot of the things that people would normally do manually. What, what, was, um, your within the calculations. what was your degree? What's your degree Exercise science. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I did the same. Yeah. What a wild, yeah. what a wild and, ride. Well, I was going to go into health administration. Okay. So when I when I graduated um, high school, the reason I didn't is I, I don't know. I, I was interning at a hospital and I talked to the CEO of the hospital. He's like, listen, and I think he was probably going through a divorce at the time. Um, but he's like, listen you're not married. I'm just going to tell you this. Unless your wife is 100% behind you in this profession, you will get a divorce. And he, I was like, what? And it just, I, I don't know what was going on with me at the time, but I'm just like, I knew that there was a ton of red tape in healthcare and I didn't want to deal with necessarily all the red tape. Uh -huh. And I knew that um, for these administrators, you would only stay in a place three to five years. Then you'd have to Go move, somewhere else, yeah. you know? And so there's a lot of moving around and it was very high stress job, uh, thin margins, you know, things like that. So I'm like, ah, maybe I don't want to do this after I graduated college. So I went and worked for a software company and that's kind of how I, so I got to ask just because I took the same major as you, how did you do in the chems, dude? Chem, chem 105, chem 106. Terrible. <laughs> well, I got like, I, I say terrible. I think I got a C in 105. I think I got a, like a B or B minus. Oh, in wow. That's yeah, impressive, dude. 106, 107. I, I just remember distinctly, like I remember taking a chem quiz on a flight on a plane because it yeah. was due, you know, whatever, Friday night and I had just finished a football game or it was probably just a lack of my preparation. But dude, it was Chinese, bro, to me. I mean that it's hard. Well, cause then you have the lab every other day too. So, I mean, you're in there like five days a week, you know, yeah. at least in the course I did. And it was, dude, it was a tough, tough major. So I want, anyways, I wanted to do, uh, I was in pre-dental. I was thinking I was going to go to dental school. Sure. Took a pre-dental course as I was in exercise science and they were telling me that I think they probably did this on purpose to weed them out. But like the first day is like, Hey, here's some of the criteria is a, of an average admitting into dental school, like a science GPA 3.8. Uh, normal GPA, yeah. four, you know, total, I'm, just, I just, I'm a football rubbish. player. Yeah. <laughs> I wait, made through. I'm like, Hey, this, I immediately pulled out a pre-dental class yeah. and I just was like, I don't think that's going to be the route I'm going to take. But, um, no man, it was, it was, a uh, it was a cool major though. Learned a lot. And yeah. as I, uh, in my off seasons, I'd actually train at the gym I trained at. So, I mean, it was perfect for me. And I thought that'd probably be the route I would take after football as I'd open up a gym or, or something along those lines, you know? So, um, I still use a ton of that knowledge that I, I learned from that major today, but what are you, what are you doing now? So, I mean, it doesn't, yeah, it's definitely not applicable to, to my profession, but I, uh, I started working with an oil company. I'm almost three years. I've almost at the three year mark. So I sell gas and diesel cool. bulk loads of gas and diesel. So oh, nice. Pretty cool. Crazy job. I think that's what, uh, Oliver Anthony did. Oh, really? Yeah. You know who Oliver Anthony is? Tell me who Oliver Anthony is. Why do I know? He's, I know he's that guy that came out with that song. He's just like his guitar and oh, his dog. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure Rich man sold, north of Richmond. Yeah, 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 that one. I'm pretty sure he worked for an oil and gas company selling fuel. Really? Fuel huh. Or something. My kind that? of guy right there. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. I, th I think I heard that somewhere. Huh. But that's cool. So three years there. Yep. And... Uh, we're up in Idaho Falls Are now. Are you feeling like you're going to stick with that for a while? Um, like, what's what's your what's your future? I guess ideal look like. Yeah, dude. That's like, if 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 you could just shape your future however you want, which you can, by the way. I'm just I'm just curious what that looks like. Yeah, that's a great question. I man, I 
I'll, I'll be with this company for a little while. I, I mean, the, the people who I work for and the guys higher up are awesome dudes. Same, same beliefs, same ideals and, and same goals, I think, as me. And it really aligns really well there. Yeah. Um, so I'll be with them for a while. I think ultimately, if I could choose... I would do something where I could keep climbing the ladder there, set myself up, obviously, and my family financially. And then if I did was able to free up the time, I'd, I'd like to go back into coaching football probably. Cool. Um, I just, I, I did coach actually last year and the year before. I couldn't, I just couldn't stay away, dude, after, you know, football kind of filled my void um, coaching those guys. And, and that's, coaching's a whole different beast, a whole different side of the game, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I think ideally that's what I would end up end up doing is, is coaching. I think, and I think that's awesome. I think at what level would you want to um, coach? I mean, I coach at the varsity high school level. I mean, I, I probably there, yeah. probably there. I don't think I would want to, or, or go any higher than that Dude, at that point. It's kids, kids, like since having, you have three, I have one, but since having my daughter, I I'm just like all in on like my entire purpose is her. Right. Like my entire purpose for life is her like I'll enjoy life you know but I work out so that I can be healthy so that I can like hang out with her <laughs> and provide you for know? her yeah and yeah, like yeah, provide exactly. you know like I have a house I have a yard I don't want to take care of a yard I have a huge yard but like I don't want to take care of a yard except that she's going to play in it you know it's so true <laughs> like, it's so true dude and so it makes you wonder like where would you be honestly like without her like what was I doing with yeah. one with my time but like my motivations and my different yeah. things, you know, I mean, it's definitely, it changes your world. So I signed today, um, to open a private school. So I'm going to, I'm going to be opening up a elementary school no and way. I'm going to build it into a high school, middle school, high school. And it's going to be, you know, who Tim Kennedy is. Don't, uh, he is, you would love him. Yeah. You should read his book, stars and stripes. That's what it's called. Text that to me after for sure. Um, So he opened up, he was, he's, he's like a green beret, you know, ranger, ranger dude. Cool. And he came back and he runs like a bunch of different types of things. Like he's really big in the jujitsu world. He has a, a gym, um, that he allows his, his, uh, kids. So he opened up a private school that he allows his kids to, to do. Was he on a JRE oh, yeah, episode? Yeah, okay. just, just like barely. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Did you did you I listen think, to that I believe, Yeah, I think I believe. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. So, yeah, he just went over to Israel, and he has an organization called Save Our Allies that yeah. he goes, and he's gotten people out of Afghanistan, out of Israel. But he opened up his school. It's called Apogee, um, Apogee Cedar Park down in Texas. And the whole thing is Socratic learning a Socratic method of learning where you're asking the kid what they want to learn essentially. And you are helping guide them through learning in an active type of way Hmm. rather than like passive, you sit at a desk and I'll tell you what you should know. Right. It's no, they're going to go out and they're actually going to learn something by doing it. Interesting. You know, and, uh, and has a really big aspect of, you know, physical education along with the academics and then also involving the entire family. So he has a, a program where, uh, you know, you involve the parents, the, the mother and the father really? in the child's education and also in their own continuing education of huh. how to be prepared, how to support the child and what they're doing, you know, all of this stuff. And is this K through 12? Or? So I'm going to start, I'm going to start 
younger than that. And then I'll grow as the kids grow. I'll allow more kids in and I'll, and I'll grow it up to, but he, he's going all the way up through, like you could do it all the way through 18. So are you doing that here in this area? Yeah. So I'm really excited about it. I have no idea how to do it at this point, (laughs) but I, I do know that I will have a campus up and going uh, next August. Dude, I don't know where exactly. Congrats, bro. That's I'm gonna awesome. be finding finding a place. That's the other thing I'm I'm just starting to do. But I just did an affiliate with him, so he kind of talked about it on Jerry. Yeah. Um, where he's doing fifty additional schools will be one of those. Yeah, huh. that's crazy. So, really excited about that. But that going back to the kids thing, that's why. Right, my entire reason for doing something like that is my daughter. Which is like, okay, in a few years, I'm going to be like looking for somewhere to making sure that she has a good education. What better way to do that than me forming a school to make sure that she has the best education I could possibly get for her. Right. You know, right. And, and learning how she wants to do it. Because I mean, like the sad thing, like honestly, and as a parent, and you wouldn't know that unless you have a kid, like I never thought I would think about the criteria at the school or like what's being taught at a school. But now that I have a kid who yeah. just started kindergarten, I'm like, dude, I like, what are they? Uh, you see these things, you know, on social media and like yeah. the types of things they're teaching them and what they're not teaching them, for example. And I'm just like, that stuff becomes a definite concern for you. And you honestly, know? if everywhere were like Blackfoot when we were growing up, I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, the world would be a better place. Blackfoot was awesome. The world would be a you know, place. You, you, you talked about, um, you go into watching your old football videos to help give you confidence. Right. Right. I remember, you, you knew Barlow. Did you know oh, Barlow? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was a wrestling coach. I was in wrestling. And one of the exercises we'd do just in high school was we would lay and he would have us visualize exactly what we were going to do in the match just perfectly. He's like perfect execution. And we would visualize going through do that for like crazy? a solid half hour bro okay i that's funny you say that i did a okay so um thunder ridge is the new high school in Idaho falls i live by yeah and they had a girls basketball team who was like going to the state tournament they were the number one seed in the state and and they asked me just to come speak to them before they left i was like this is awesome i actually looked up a study i think it was done in stanford and it was all about visualization they took three groups of the basketball team the first group said, hey, you're going to actually shoot free throws for 60 minutes after practice. Okay. Everyone keep track of how you do out of 10, whatever. Yeah. Second group, you're not going to do anything. As soon as practice is over, you guys are good. Third group, you're not going to shoot. You're going to sit and visualize yourself, shoot 10 free throws, and you're going to make all of them. They come back and all the groups shoot again. Right. And the group that just did the visualization was just as good. I believe the report shows as the group that actually shot the the shots. And of course, the team that or the group that did not shoot obviously was was the least. Right. I believe that you'd have to look it up. But it's yeah. pretty that's pretty powerful stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. When you can see yourself doing something like you can actually like not just say, oh, yeah, I could I think I could do that. Like, no, when you can like close your eyes and see it. Like as if you're watching yourself do it, like that's a huge mental advantage in anything, you know? And so it's like, especially in sports, you know, I was a decent wrestler and, and it, it was just such a big, it was just such a big thing because as you like are doing it, it's all muscle memory. You don't right. really think about what you're doing as you're doing it, but your mind has to know 
what that feels like and what that right. looks like. And it's not a foreign thing if it's something yeah. that you've seen in your mind before. So when it happens in real life, instead of it catching you off guard, how do I react? Those yeah. milliseconds of reaction are already taking place. And I'm know? sure running your routes is the same thing. Yeah. And those right? just become literally muscle memory. And it's pretty crazy how they do that at that, that the high level is they'd actually have a camera stationed like right behind you, like field level, and they'd watch your feet and footsteps. So then eventually routes under that system was like a footstep thing. So I knew if I was running a 10 yard in, it was going to be my third outside step. And so it just became boom, boom. I don't worry about like, and then I saw my mind just knows my third step, boom, I'm hitting it. And I'm, I'm going to be right around 10 yards going in there. So then I can worry about what coverage am I seeing? How is this guy playing me? Is he going to get hands on me early? I can start worrying about other things because I know I'm going to be at, instead of looking at the field lines, like am I at 10 yards right here? Right. It became, I know on my third outside step, I'm going to be right where I need to be. That's pretty cool. I've never thought about that. Yeah. It's crazy. And then actually I didn't know this till I was actually in in green Bay, but a lot of that stuff matches up with the steps of the quarterback. So if the quarterback, I don't know if you ever heard like a three-step drop or a five-step drop, Yeah. but if I'm running like a 10 yard in and he's on a three-step drop, every like step of his right foot, which is his plant foot to throw with a right-handed quarterback Mm -hmm. on my third step where I'm hitting the 10 yards should be his third step to plant. And so the timing of it should be about perfect. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy how like the details up at that level are just are nuts. So that's, that's pretty cool. Did everybody have the, like their own camera? Like, that so it would just be up? one guy would just be set up and like, oh, okay. yeah, we'd have one overhead. But this is so like, say we're just doing individual wide receiver drills. The, yes. the video and you could see and you could count your steps. You count your steps, see where you're at. You can yep. see yeah, everything, all the details of your stance and stuff like that. that makes like, sense. They would they would watch all that stuff like pretty detailed. And so it's it's pretty crazy. That is cool. That's that's way cool. Uh, so as far as. As far as uh, doing Green Bay and then XFL and now you're doing oil, um, how and you're living in Idaho Falls, how close are you to your family at, at this point? Do you guys do you guys all stay in because you, you you're telling me beforehand, Bowen, as soon as he got his truck stolen. <laughs> you know, he called you on the phone. He's like, dude. well, I think part of that too is he was like, dude, I got to find a way to get to work, get to work, you know? So, and we live really close to each other, like, which is really cool being, yeah. being close to him. And we actually were able to coach football together. Awesome. Um, so that's been awesome. But um, a big thing for me, and you got to understand, and, and going back onto your point of, of having a child, how it kind of changes everything for you, I would probably still be riding the football train. But I, I got married and I started having kids. And so I, you know, ultimately my decision to hang up my football cleats it was driven by my children. Right. I mean, like, yeah, it's not a lifestyle for, for a family man. I would say, I mean, like I'm on the road. It's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I'm, I, I was away from my wife who had our firstborn baby for months. I didn't really see him when he's a newborn baby. Cause I was on the road playing football. I wasn't established. So I didn't want to move him out there, you know? And so yeah. it was, it was, sorry, it, I didn't, pre- I didn't preface my question. That's actually why I asked the question because I was talking, I was thinking about like football, but then also your family at the same time. I'm like, how hard how was that? that? Yeah. How Dude. hard was that being, you know, married and then young kids like going through this whole football process? That was, and that's what I would say, like ultimately, and it's a good thing. I'm not saying that in a negative sense, but ultimately that's, that's what made my decision to hang them up happen was because I had the kids and they were growing and I realized what what happened. And, and at that time I was like, I really think, and I believed at the time I could get back to where I wanted to be sure. and give it another shot. But at that point I was like, what's the cost? You know, what's, what's the cost going to be like, 
I have a wife who were just newly, we had our first, our first boy crew. Like I think we got pregnant two or three months into our, our marriage. And yeah. so, um, we were, you know how it is when you're first married, it takes a little adjustment and a little bit of time, but we were already had a kid that we were expecting. And so a big decision for me to hang them up also came at the opportunity. I got to move back to Idaho falls. Cause I knew ultimately I wanted to be back up in Idaho. I mean, all my family's up there. And, yeah. and so I, once that opportunity came, it was almost like a, a signal to me. That's like, Hey, this is a really good opportunity back in Idaho falls. I knew I ultimately wanted to be up there. And I was like, man, I think I would be pretty dumb to pass up on this opportunity. So, yeah, I feel like you gotta be near family or be, be near people that you love. Dude. I, I mean, I've actually been thinking and contemplating different things, you know, career paths and stuff, because there's going to be opportunities and stuff in other places to, to leave. And I've really asked myself, like, what's the monetary value of, uh, literally leaving Idaho. And I, I just, I don't know what that is. I don't know what the answer is. Right. And, and ultimately the things I do in Idaho, I mean, I love being outdoors. I love the hunting and skiing and, um, obviously my family, then my in-laws are here in Utah. So it's not too far. I mean, we're down no. here just visiting for the weekend. And so it's a real good situation. And so I've been thinking a lot about that and I don't know. And some people would say I'm crazy, but I just like, I don't know how much money would be worth it to me to, to actually to leave Idaho, to be honest with you. Be a lot. It'd, be, it'd have to be a lot. It'd have to be a lot. Yeah. I, I live right next to my brother. Oh, no way. Michael lives literally no kitty corner from me. Right I didn't here. know that. That's why we moved in this house. How's your dad doing, dude? He's <sighs> having a rough go. Really? Yeah, he is. Is he in so, Blackfoot? Uh, nope. Where is he? He's down here. He's in Provo. Oh, is he down here? Yeah. Okay, good for him. Yeah. Talk about leave, a voice, dude. Nobody's in Blackfoot. Nobody's in Blackfoot in my no family. Way. Yeah. So we... My mom died a couple years ago. She died of cancer. My dad has has done fairly well. He's he's usually a pretty optimistic person, pretty positive person, but he has this autoimmune disease called my, myasthenia gravis. And he's always been very healthy. I've seen him in the hospital once in my life, now twice, um because he's he's there now. But um this this autoimmune disease that basically I don't know how to describe it, um, but he can't like he doesn't know which direction his body is facing, like he can't feel it, and so it's like, for instance, when he was he he had fallen and he broke his uh, kneecap, Ooh. and so he had to go to the hospital and they had him in this brace and everything like that, and then he they had him on this walker, but he couldn't tell if he was leaning forward or backward. And so he felt so like his equilibrium. Is just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's off. It like deteriorates your muscles so that you can't like actually use your muscle, even though if you have the muscle to use, like you just won't function. Yeah. You won't be able to use it. So he was in the hospital once, like, what was it last year or two years ago? Um, because he couldn't breathe. Like his lungs just literally weren't like inhaling as well. And so like, it was like crazy. And like, sometimes he can't like keep his eyelids open. Like his just, and so like, he has to like open up his eyelids cause they'll just like droop. No way. Yeah. He just Dang. like the muscles just don't function. It's weird. And so right now he like had broken his back or he, he cracked a vertebrae and he's in rehab for a couple more weeks. And hopefully once he gets out of there and his leg will heal, he'll be, so he'll you're be able fine. to see him quite a bit. Yeah. The year. You're good. Yeah. I just talked to him today. Um, and, uh, we keep, we keep tabs on him. Cool. Tell but, him I said hello, man. And wish yeah, him the best. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, he's, I love my dad. 
I love my dad. He's, he's a, I don't know how well you knew him. Not well, a cool guy, man. And heck of a voice. Yeah. Yeah. He has a really, I wish I got his voice. I don't have his voice. You gotta have him on the podcast just so the people can, I told him that can hear actually. his voice, man. Yeah. I told you him know. that this is his microphone. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, dad, do you have any microphones? He's like, yeah, I got one for you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I have all my family close down here. So same, same type of thing with you up in Idaho, like having your family close is just a, an extremely, um, valuable thing, you know, especially, you know, just to maintain close relationships as well as be able to see them on a fairly consistent basis. Well, and then like just the other day, um, Mal's driving, calls me. She pops a tire, blows a tire out. I have my brother right up the road. I'm like, hey, can you meet me here? Yeah. Help me, dude. He's there. You know, he beat me there. I'm like, dude, like, that's just, that's real. I mean, you can't get that, you know, that's just, that's one of the benefits of having your family close and yeah. we'll watch, you know, we'll get together and watch the BYU games or football, whatever. True or false. Did Bowen have um, letters to go to college and play football, but he hid them? Because he didn't want to do that, dude. I, I honestly, I actually, I don't know. I haven't heard that. I know he had. Really? I know he had letters. I don't know if he hid them. Did he tell you that? He didn't tell me that. No, I it was, don't know. It was. Uh, it was I, my mom, or it was my dad, really? or somebody. And I think your mom had mentioned it, like when he was on his mission. She found letters in his like drawer that she didn't know and about. She didn't know about them, and she's like. What are these doing here? <laughs> you, know? you know what is that? Is funny is that Bowen could have played. I mean, Bowen's a good athlete. I know athlete he was well. great. Bowen could have played. I remember. I remember. But him he didn't great. have like even coming home from the mission. He he didn't have the desire. Like yeah, because we even thought when he got home maybe he'd go try to play somewhere. When the thing I understand about like the next level of football is like it's far more than playing football. Like. Yeah. High school is awesome. It's a lot of fun and fun's a big word of it. When you get to the next level, it's a job. I mean, it's your life. And if you yeah. don't love the game, like love the game, you're not, you're going to be miserable for four years, you know? And so, I mean, my little brother, full ride scholarship, Idaho state football, um, played a year and just was like, dude, this is, it's just, I don't know if he necessarily, I mean, he loves the game of football. I don't know if he loved it enough to, to grind. Through. It just wasn't worth it to him. Like, yeah. you know? Uh, cost versus reward. And that's happens to a lot of people. And so, um, that's he's, what people, he's a cop. He's a cop now. Yeah. Yep. In Blackfoot. And he loves it. He loves it. And he found exactly, I think what he needs to be doing. And he's been, he's been doing great doing yeah, he's that. A, he's a big guy, big boy. dude. And it's, <laughs> it's funny. It's, I was, I look and I was like, dang, he's dude, like I, I wish. Do you guys have like, do you, do you have Viking jeans? <laughs> dude, I don't know. I don't know. I think he, it, um, Taylor is, I think out of, so me, Paige and Bowen have the blue eyes, the Pearson side. Taylor has my mom's. I think Taylor might be a little bit more, my mom's brothers and stuff has some size and stuff. Yeah. Taylor's big dude. And just the other day, like he'll be, I saw him just at my parents or whatever. He's all dressed up in his full gear and like with his gear on, he's even bigger. Like he's a yeah. big boy and he just grabbed me and, and normally I've always been able to handle him. I'm the big brother, you know, sure. he grabs me and like turns me around. Like he's, you know, going to cuff me or whatever. I was like, Oh my goodness. And it's funny is that he loves like, he it's, he almost hopes someone runs. He's like, run, you know what I mean? Like that's like, <laughs> like run from me. So he's telling me the story of this kid who, um, I don't know what, I think they were stealing stuff out of cars and he finally caught up to him. And the dude takes off. So Taylor's like, here we go. So Taylor's running him. He's, he's big in this stuff. It's yeah. scary. He catches up to this kid and just 
football tackles him and he was telling me his partner who was over there was like dude do you know who that is and the guy's like no he's like that guy started middle linebacker for usc <laughs> college football <laughs> dude and so the kid's like no way and obviously he didn't but it's just yeah. you know it's funny but he's doing exactly what he should be but just an example of it really is beyond um you really have to love the game yeah uh, at well, that point that i guess my question is is i feel like bowen is an old soul I think he's really wise. <laughs> like he's like a he's like every time I've talked to him, I feel like he just like knows things that other people don't well, know. Well, that's funny you say that. Like literally every question I have about anything, like I'm talking finances, life, football, even. But yeah. he just coached a. I, I'm not even kidding you on this. Like you play him in Madden, you will lose. You you he his coaching record. He just coached a fourth grade team. Didn't lose a game, and and I, he, his team's probably really good. But like yeah. something about him is he's different, dude. He's he's he, just different. He knows things. He knows things and he, sees things I don't see. He really does. Like if I, and I haven't talked to Bone really in years. You know, like a, a lot of years. But every time I think about Bone, I'm just like, like he just understands the world in a different type of way. And I think that's a special type of person. And I think that's why I brought up the, that's why I brought up the letters. Cause I'm like, he knew what he wanted at such a young age and what he didn't want at such a young age without even having to experience it. Right. He just understood that. He's just like, no, I want to do life this way. That's I, I never thought, I never thought of it like that, but, and then especially with something like football letters and opportunity where most people would probably be like, Oh dude, like, yeah. I know I've always wanted to do this, but now I'm going to, you know, that's a good point. And yeah, you should have him on sometime, dude. He's, he's I should. quite the guy. I should. No, I, 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 I plan, I plan to actually, like, I'd love to have him on. I'd love to have a lot of people. I have a, I have a, I have a list, list have on show my me, phone. Dude. Yeah. You'll have to show me. I have a list on my phone. Anyway, we, we can, we can end this, but I really appreciate you. Uh, I really appreciate you coming down here. No, dude. This I, really been really good. The second you brought that up to me, I was like, bro, this is, I'm a big podcast listener. As you know, I think we even talk about like, I'm, I listen to JRE all the time. We probably yeah. could talk about all yeah. that stuff too, but I'm just like, have the opportunity to do it would be a lot of fun, dude. I'm glad we'll have to run it back, dude. When you get the video rolling and yeah. stuff, let's run it back. Yeah, and, let's do it. I, uh, I plan on just keeping this going long term. I'm just going to do it consistently. I, I, I think as, as long as I can do at least one a week. Yeah. Is that what your normal schedule is? Like yeah, about one I started a week? out two a week. I'm like, this is too much. I don't want to do two a week, you know, but one a week is like good. Like you can have somebody over on the weekends or the evenings or whatever. And as long as I can do that, like there's, there's really no reason to not do it because the conversations are usually good. I usually learn a lot from people. You know, I'm like, I, I would have never had this conversation otherwise with you. Well, right. Or else it's just like, I mean, catching up, dude. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen you in forever. And yeah, not since I think the last time I saw you actually was I went to your wedding reception. Oh, yeah. I think that was it. And, <laughs> and you were on your See, way that's out. That's what I'm talking about, I'm man. Like, You're even supporting me. That's awesome, man. No, you're awesome. All right. Well, let, yeah, let's let's stop it there. But sweet. Appreciate it. Thanks, man.